Today on Daily Hope with Pastor Rick Warren, we continue in our riveting journey through the series, The Invisible War. In it, we'll explore the unseen world of good and evil and see how it impacts our day-to-day existence. Join us for eye-opening biblical insights into the spiritual dimensions that influence our lives in ways we never imagined. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part two of a message called, Why is life in this world so hard? Number two, the second damage that it's done is physical decay and death. Physical decay and death. Now, there was no death on this planet until sin entered the world. There was no decay on this planet until sin entered the world. It was perfect. It was paradise. But now, because sin has entered the world, there is decay and death. And Ecclesiastes chapter 8 says, No one can control the wind or stop his own death. Now, we know that death is inevitable, but we sure try to stop it. And we go to great lengths to postpone the decay, too. Oil of Olay. Lotions and potions and makeup and Botox and surgeries. What are we trying to do? To delay the decay. That's what we're trying to do. Delay the decay. Now, you're going to die one day. I'm sorry. You're gonna, but actually, I'll tell you in a minute why that's good news, because you don't want to live on an imperfect planet. But in the meantime, I hate to tell you this, you are declining. Okay, you are declining. It's called aging. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, our physical body is becoming older and weaker. Would any of you like to give a testimony on this verse? (laughs) A personal life experience. The, the, The fact is, you know, over time, parts of your body start to sag. Many of us men, we get furniture problems. Our chest drops into our drawers. Many of you, your, your teeth shine like stars. They come out at night. Okay. Now, here's how you know if you're aging, if you're getting older. When you have to bend over to pick something up, you go, is there anything else I can do while I'm down here? You, you don't want to waste the effort, okay? Okay. Now, the truth is, we all are aging. By the way, guys, I'll just give you a little tip as a husband. When a woman tells you her age, always, always act surprised. Okay. Wow. Just a little tip. Give you, give you a little good help. And by the way, for you guys, when you, uh, men, don't tell people you're over the hill. Say, I'm playing the back nine. Okay, that, that's what you're doing. I'm just playing the back nine, all right? That's, that's what I'm doing. Now, Solomon is so brutally honest about decay and death and how we are all aging. Uh, It's actually comical. Let me read you this passage out of Ecclesiastes here on the screen. He's defining aging. He says, your limbs will tremble with age and your strong legs will grow weak. Your teeth will be too few to do their work and you'll be blind too. And when your teeth are gone, keep your lips tightly closed when you eat. Just let advice for those of you living in rest homes, all right? Okay, now, even the chirping of birds will wake you up. 
It just, it all irritates you. You're so sensitive and you know, you can't get to sleep, but you yourself will be deaf and tuneless with a quavering voice. And then it says, you'll be white haired and withered, dragging along without any sexual desire. You'll be standing at death's door and as you near your everlasting home, the mourners will walk along the streets. Thank you everybody, that's the end of my sermon today. God bless you. <laughs> Glad you came, hope that was a real inspiration, really cheered you up for the week, okay? Really gave you a lot of input. You feel good, go home, God bless you. No. Now why is all that happening? Because sin broke everything, including your DNA. You know, I read this week in the newspaper, uh, it was a big article that said, scientists have now concluded that the universe had a beginning and will have an end. <laughs> Duh. Actually, did you know that for about 150 years, we didn't believe that? You know, science is often wrong. And for 150 years, scientists actually thought the universe was eternal, that it had always existed and that the universe will always exist in the future. We now know from Einstein's theories and uh, you know, e equals mc squared and all these other things that the universe had a beginning and will definitely have an end. Well, anybody who reads the Bible knows that. I mean, they call it the Big Bang, but wherever you got a Big Bang, you've got a Big Banger, okay? Nobody, no scientist believes in spontaneous generation. The stuff just happens out of nothing. That we're just sitting here and in a million years, all of a sudden a watch is gonna show up. I mean, Pasteur uh, exploded that myth in 1865 and proved that spontaneous generation does not happen, that things just don't happen out of nothing. There's a cause behind that. Now, in physics, this is called uh, the law of entropy. Let me show you a, 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 a phrase here, or an equation here on the screen. Everybody's heard of E equals MC squared. You know what this is? Delta S equals Q slash T. You know, Q being heat, heat absorbed, and T being the, the temperature of the surrounding. Okay, any, any engineer, know this is a very famous equation. This is the second law of thermodynamics. It is not a theory, it is a law. And the second law of theor, uh, thermodynamics is the law of entropy that explains that everything in the universe is irreversibly decaying, decaying into disorder. That Energy seeks its simplest state. It always does. It doesn't get more complex. Energy always looks for the simplest state. So that means matter is always degrading and that energy is always dispersing. Chemicals do not naturally become more complex. Chemicals by their nature tend to break down into smaller and smaller elements. Energy by its nature does not tend to become more complex. Energy by its nature tends to fizzle out and seek its lowest. We know that all of the stars are burning out. We know that the sun is burning out. This is the law of entropy, the second law of thermodynamics. That things do not improve, they are decaying. Things do not get more complex, they get simpler. It is not a theory, it is a law. Every physicist knows the law, of, the second law of thermodynamics. Now there's one problem with it. You can't believe in the law of thermodynamics and believe in evolution. Because evolution says the exact opposite. Evolution says that chemicals naturally, left on their own, will become more complex. 
and that energy on its own will become more complex. When everything in the universe says the exact opposite. Energy is declining, matter is decaying. That's not a theory, that's a law. That's the equation I just put on the script, and every physicist knows that. And so you really have to live with a dual alignment to believe in the second law of thermodynamics and be an evolutionist, because they do not match. They are self-contradictory. Now, I wish I had time to get into that, but I won't. 1 Corinthians 15:22 says this, everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam, the first man. Now, that's the bad news, but actually there's some good news in this. I'm glad I'm not gonna live forever on this planet. Because to live on this planet, to have to live on this planet forever with rape and molestation and, and corruption and sin and sorrow and sadness and grief and power plays and people misusing each other and abusing each other, that to me would be hell. And God doesn't want you to live forever on this planet. He wants you to live forever, but he wants you to live forever in a perfect place, not on a planet that has been broken by sin. If you lived here, you're gonna have sorrow and sadness the rest of your life and disappointment. So he says, yeah, I want you to live forever. I just don't want you living on that place forever. I want you to live with me in heaven forever. Here's what the Bible says. Here's the good news. 1 Corinthians 15 on the screen. Our earthly bodies which die and decay are different from the bodies we'll have in heaven, for they'll never die. Now the bodies we have now embarrass us. For some of us, we're very embarrassed by the bodies we have now. Uh, for they become sick and they die, but they will be full of glory when we come back to life again. Yes, they're weak, dying bodies now, but when we live again, they will be full of strength. That's the good news. Number three, the third damage. There's natural disasters and deformities, physical decay and death. The third damage is the area of your emotions, and sin causes emotional distress and disappointment. Emotional distress and disappointment. Now Solomon writes a lot about this in Ecclesiastes. He said, you know, I tried everything, nothing worked, it's all meaningless. It's all one big disappointment. Ecclesiastes 1, 14 and 15, everything under the sun is meaningless. It's a big disappointment, it's, it's, it's unfulfilling. Like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be righted and what is missing cannot be recovered. Now, what is he saying in this verse? He's saying that as a human being, it seems a little pointless because I cannot change the past and I cannot control the future. What's past is past. All the stuff that I've done that was wrong, I can't undo it, I can't unscramble an egg. All the stuff that was done wrong to me, I can't undo that. I can't unscramble an egg. It's pointless. Can't change the past. And I cannot control the future. You cannot control the things that are going to happen to you. There's going to happen, a lot's going to happen to you in your life that you have zero control over. In fact, most of the important things in your life you had no control over, like where you would be born, who you were born to, what your natural gifts were, where you live, uh, you know, where you were born to live when you were born, where you're going to, when you die. You don't know all of that. Those are things that are out of your control. And God is saying to you, you can control some things, but you can't control most of the things in your life. And he says that the world cannot be fixed by human effort alone. Now, can we go out and do good in the world? Yes. Should we? Yes. Should we relieve pain? Of course. That's why we do the peace plan. 
But when we send people out on peace plans, like to relief, like when we do relief at the tsunami or the Katrina or the Pakistan earthquake or, or uh, Jap- Japan earthquake, we send people to that. Now Norway, all these different disasters and things. We often send them in t-shirts that says, we came to serve, not to solve. Because we can't solve all the world's problems. It's irreparably broken. What we do is go to relieve hurt, to heal people, to help them make it through. But we're not kidding ourselves. We're not going to bring the kingdom in on earth. This is not heaven. Heaven is there, and we are here. And our ultimate job is to get people into the perfect place, not try to make the world the perfect place. Relieve pain? Yes. Make it better? Yes. Expect it to be perfect? No. Because he said it can't be done. It isn't going to happen. And the damage is too deep for repair. Now, because that damage is so deep, you get stressed out. You get stressed out because things don't work right in your life. And you don't have enough time to get everything done you need to do. And things get in your way. And all of a sudden you have delays and difficulties and dead ends and all these things. And not only that, you have disappointments. You ever plan for a big event and you just thought, man, this is going to be so great. And then after the event you go, that was it. And you were really disappointed. You have been to concerts like that. You have been to things that were built up. That's life. The Bible says in Job, they are distressed because they've been confident, but when they arrived, only to be disappointed. And you you felt that. The anticipation of Christmas is always better than Christmas. You go, that's it? No more presents? Okay, it's just that way. You plan a great vacation, and in your mind, you're thinking about what you're going to do out there in the South Pacific, and and you just dream how great it is going to be, and then you get there, and they got mosquitoes. Okay? Or you plan, I know people who spend an entire year planning for a wedding, and then it's over in an hour, and they go, that's it? I planned a year, and the wedding is over in an hour? I know some girls who've spent their lives dreaming their entire lives of their wedding day. It is inevitable they're going to be disappointed because you cannot compete with your imagination in real life. And the fact is, human beings have an amazing ability to overestimate how happy we're going to be with a person, with an event, or with a possession. We always overestimate how happy it's going to make us. If I could just get that car, I'm going to be happy the rest of my life. And then you get it, and you're happy for a while, but in a while, you're not happy anymore. Why? Because it's the same old car. And you say, if I could just get that dress, if I could just get that piece of art, then I would be so happy. And when you get it, you are so happy for a while. But then after a while, you're not happy anymore. You know why? Because people change and things don't. Things don't change. So we get bored with them. That's why you have to do a thing called redecoration. (laughs) Because you get bored and pretty soon you're disappointed with that which you thought was so cool in the first place. We always overestimate. I mean, I just wonder, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. How many unrealistically thought that if when you got married, it was going to make you supremely happy for the rest of your life. Now, if you think, man, if I could just get married, I will really, really, really be happy. 
you just need to talk to somebody who's married. Okay? Now, when you expect your wife or your husband to meet needs that only God can meet in your life, you're not only setting yourself up for major disappointment, you are setting themselves up for failure. It's not fair. It's not fair for you to expect your husband to meet all your needs. He can't. It's not fair for you to expect your wife to meet all your needs. She can't. God never meant it that way. You have needs in your life that only God can meet, and you're going to be severely disappointed if you think your boyfriend is going to make you happy the rest of your life. Or if your girlfriend or anybody else. The truth is, if we're honest, we're not just disappointed with events that happen in our lives, and we're not just disappointed with uh, uh, people in our lives, and we're not just disappointed with possessions in our lives. But if the truth were known, we're disappointed with ourselves. Because we think, you know, I thought by this time in life I'd be better. I didn't think I'd still be struggling with these particular sins. I thought by this point in life I'd be a lot more financially secure. I thought by this point in life I'd have my career on track. I thought by this point in life we'd have kids. I thought by this point in life I'd be married. I thought by, and you're you're actually disappointed in yourself. Why? Because this is not heaven. Everything on the planet is broken. Nothing works perfectly. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Hi, everybody. Today I want to share a letter from Edom, a listener from Canada, who talks about the impact Daily Hope has had in his life. I love these stories. He writes, The Daily Hope ministry has helped me greatly in shifting the lens through which I see life. I know now that I was created for God to fulfill his purpose. I understand that every trial or every situation I face in life is a test of my character and is preparing me for heaven. I started listening to Daily Hope at a time when I was confused about my existence. This was when times were bad and I didn't have a job. I always thought a profession defined who I was, but Daily Hope shifted my perspective on life and my purpose. And I soon started to experience peace in my heart when I least expected it. Now, even though I landed a great job, I understand that it doesn't define who I am or my purpose. I was created by God and for God, and I want to surrender fully to his will. So I want to say thanks to you and to the entire Daily Hope team for the impact that you've had on my life. What an incredible testimony of how God's working through Daily Hope to bring about strong sense of purpose in people's lives. So thank you, everybody, for your ongoing support and your faithful prayers. More lives like Edom's will be changed in Jesus' name because of you. If you've been wanting to partner with Pastor Rick to take the hope of Jesus to people who need to hear it, you can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thank you so much for your support. 
Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.